Hi everyone and welcome back to Melanoma Truths. Today I'm talking with my counsellor Rebecca and we're going to be talking about um, triggers and anxiety um, living with melanoma and how I dealt with it. Um, I came to Rebecca in 2019, in the, no 2020 in the May um, and that was about a year and a half after I was first diagnosed with my first mole which was uh, December 18. Um, and I think I tried to deal with it quite a lot on my own and then I realised and I messaged you um, and then I realised I needed a bit more help. So I'm just going to introduce Rebecca um, and she's going to just say hi and then we're just going to go into a few things about how I dealt with it and you know moving forward with it and how you do live with it because I find the anxiety side of it for me is probably definitely one of the worst parts. I feel like the scars and that you just you tend to live with the scars but it's it's mentally that it tends to get me each time I have a mole taken off and the roller coaster that we we all go on um waiting for the results and checking for our moles as well. So um welcome Rebecca and thank you Hi. for coming on today. Um so just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself and how long you've been counseling and stuff like that. Um I've been counseling now for only 4 years. Mm-hmm. Um very similar journey in in the sense of what led me to therapy was actually losing my own father so um very relatable to some of the things that you've you've spoken about already yeah Uh, but yeah i'm a therapist in colchester and i deal predominantly with people who suffer with anxiety purely because of my own journey with it yeah Mm. so your journey obviously started by losing your father to cancer as well yeah yeah leukemia really yeah so that obviously so you you know firsthand obviously what it feels like to obviously lose someone that's very close to you um and and we were talking about earlier on wasn't we saying that you really related to mine and dean's podcast because you could feel the the almost anxiety side of because your dad was leukemia you, you know you say like when you feel something you're not right or you feel unwell you go straight to thinking them bad thoughts don't you you go down that road um it's funny because I, I i read your email the other week and i I, th- I thought it was brilliant the fact that you owned up to it just because I'm a counsellor doesn't mean I don't suffer with stuff like that yeah, and perfect. I think yeah and it, it, and it really like I just thought god you know it doesn't matter who you are does it it doesn't matter who you are what you've been through we all go down that that dark thought road and it's just like how do you even stop that like mm-hmm. and I've got better haven't I definitely yeah. um so I first came to you in May 2020 we said didn't we um came to you with kind of well, I think I was a bit... A lot. A lot, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot. A lot of stuff that I needed to... What I felt I needed to get off my chest and talk to somebody that wasn't within my family mm-hmm. because I feel that sometimes as a as a patient dealing with melanoma, you you really don't want to burden people with your faults. Not only do you not want to burden them, but you feel that you, you're being a little bit crazy mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. is that the word that do people feel like that with anxiety you feel like you're being a little bit yeah weird? Um, obviously when people are telling you as well like what are you worrying about yeah like, it's been caught early yeah and and it's just stage one or mm-hmm. it's that um j- just it's just something that's happening and you can get that dealt with so it's almost dismissive it? isn't it yeah it's very yeah. dismissive yeah so I think it's always important to try and Seek help where you can, yeah. Um, but also feel like you can actually talk to your family because you're not doing this journey alone. Mm, yeah, your it's, family are there. Yeah, know? I I feel like I do. I, like, I always know that Dean and my mum was there and stuff like that, and I felt like I did want to talk to them, but I feel like at the same time you don't want to burden them because mm-hmm. you can see that they're watching you also go through the process and it's again of I don't want them to worry even more so if I tell somebody else i.e. like counselling and stuff 
then they'll think that I'm I'm just okay. But sometimes it's better to be honest, isn't it? And just yeah. say, actually, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with this very well. Absolutely. Um, and that was my first um, contact with you is, um, I obviously know you through Marius, mm-hmm. through the gym and stuff, um, and I followed your page. And I think just a, something just clicked with me and I thought, you know what, I can't actually do this anymore. I need, I need to talk to someone, I need to get it off my chest. Mm-hmm. And I think there was only a certain amount I could tell Dean um, and so I decided to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked obviously through it, didn't we? And then um, I feel like moving forward now, I've I've been quite a few times, but over the last, well, the last diagnosis that I had, I, I didn't actually come to you afterwards. No, you were going to, but I, and I said to you, look, the door's open if yep. you need it. Um, it always is in yep. that sense. But I think knowing what you have learned and what you have been through already, you're building up a resilience yep. to it in the sense, not becoming numb to it, but learning how to deal with it by yourself. Now yeah. you know how to. Yeah. And it was just like literally just sitting here talking to you. So I I just picked up them a few steps of, you know, like I would always take things so personally after mm-hmm. my first diagnosis with regards to people. If I saw someone burning in the sun, it was like, um, or if I saw someone going on sunbeds, that was it. I, that was what I was my trigger and then it would put me on a downward spiral of oh my god you know like I, I just I can't even explain it you just go into these thoughts of like no one's supporting me and they are mm-hmm. they are there yeah. you, but you're looking at the wrong people do you get what I mean like the wrong people are, you're looking at someone on your on your Instagram story that's using somebody but you would take it offensively and you're mm-hmm. so sensitive to it um so moving forward for me how I dealt with that was um, not take things so personally yeah. and believe that I can't control everybody and that my own journey is my journey mm-hmm. and um, and that was it so moving forward for anxiety wise how would you say what would you give tips to people to move forward with the I thought process you know, attached to it difficult. you know as soon as you get that diagnosis it's very much holy shit mm. you know this is this is huge yeah. and how the hell am I going to deal with it all your brain goes automatically into that fight flight and freeze yeah because you're under threat, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you say the big C word, scary, it's scary, mm. it's massively scary, and your yeah. brain just goes straight to that, we have to do something about it, or it freezes, and it's just like, I just don't know what to do, Yeah. but the first point of call is to, to literally figure out what you can and can't control, Okay. because until you do that, you're always going to try and control every aspect, like people sunbathing, you're going to try and control that, and mm-hmm. go, what are you doing, you know? don't you know about skin cancer yeah. I've been through all this and you want to educate people but, mm-hmm. and it makes you angry so yeah. then it starts to affect everything else of course yeah in your, in your body um, you know anxiety really affects your body quite badly yeah um, that you know all that cortisol that runs through your, through your system your nervous system really starts to change the way you behave mm-hmm. so yeah. obviously when you're experiencing different behaviours that you've not had before yeah that's a direct result of what you've been through. Yeah. You know, it's not normal for you to behave that way. Mm. But yeah, yeah, that's what you've gone to. So I feel like, you know what you said about the control side mm-hmm. of it? I feel like sometimes, because I can't control what happened, mm. so I've, I've, it's almost my mistake, so I'm like, well, I kind of caused it in a way because I wasn't more vigilant about my skin or whatever. Because I can't control that, is that why do you think I tried to control other stuff that was around me? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. So... Your your first thought would have been if only you'd have started bargaining with yourself. If only I yep. could go back in time and tell my younger self not to do that. If only I could go back and save my dad. Yep. You know, yep. and 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 be educated about sun and and skin cancer. Then I would have had it. Mm-hmm. You can't change the past. No, no. And and whatever you do now, yes, you can implement your future. You're not going to be able to 
control it in that sense that you're never going to have that scare again Mm -hmm. or never experience something scary again but it's about learning to live in here and now and, and look at it and go right what actually can I control in this situation I can only control how I respond yep so I need to stop looking so further afield in trying to help everybody or trying to help educate everybody or blame people or shout at people mm. and actually go, what can I do for me? Yeah. What's going to ease my own anxiety, my own feelings and my own responses? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I feel that that is it's just a control thing, isn't it? It really is because you feel that you have no control over this. And I think that's the thing with melanoma is... You can go about your life for so many years um, and then all of a sudden it rears its ugly head somewhere in your body. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I only know the worst part of what's happened because of my dad. But I've said it on my podcast before, there are many people that has never happened. They've lived for 10, 15 years, it's never come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that that was for me, when I came into your office, I, I couldn't control everything that was happening around me so I needed to just gain that control back Mm -hmm. and I think that's where the anxiety came from as well whereas it was like well my mind was all over the place wasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. there was a there was quite a bit of work to do but I did learn each time and obviously with my second diagnosis coming back onto that roller coaster I felt like I dealt with it a little bit better Mm -hmm. um but yeah you you just learn don't you each time um not what not to do (laughs) <laughs> it is isn't it it's, it's like what not to okay well I messed up that time and I, I was a bit sensitive there so I'm going to be a little bit more I know to breathe now and maybe mm-hmm. to take that five minutes before jumping in and assuming the worst um and I think relating back to what you just said I stay a bit more present mm-hmm. so I'm I'm in the 24 hours that I'm in yeah um so you can do yeah because yeah. again I think the anxiety comes from looking too far ahead mm-hmm. um and again, I think, what tips would you give with people saying... Because it, it's, it's so easy to look, mm-hmm. like, to, to go f- so far ahead. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, well, oh, what, but what if it does come back? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what if this lump, and you know, like, is so-and-so. So how, how would you just, like, stay more present? Journaling is a massive thing, and I know it sounds yeah. really corny, but for me, and how I work with everybody that I see, is the first thing I do is, is say, write it down. Yeah. When you go through anxiety or you have an anxious response, the prefrontal cortex gets completely blocked off. Okay. So you are only going from that fight, flight, or freeze, which is like panic stations okay. constantly. So that's where you get heart palpitations and that feeling of not being in control. Yeah. And the best thing you can do is write it down because automatically it, it switches that, that prefrontal cortex back on like a light switch. And it starts going, well, actually, we need to, we need to write this down. Okay. So we need to think about what we're writing. Mm-hmm. And then we can analyse it and go, is that logical? Right, okay. Does that make sense? Yes, because if you read it back to yourself, mm-hmm. whereas if you're just in your thoughts, yeah. it you can you run away with your thoughts, don't you? But if you write it down and then read it back, you're looking at it and then going, actually, that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. that 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 probably won't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good thing. See, I don't really journal that much. I'm, I meditate more now. Mm-hmm. I think that... If I find myself really like, I mean, when I get a hospital appointment, that's it. My 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 te- my chest tightens up. Yeah. I sit outside, and that's it. I'm almost on the verge of having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um. But I did it um when I went for my last mile in in February. Um, I just had this feeling, um, that it wasn't good. You know, but. I just kept it cool because we were so busy with moving and that, so I was fine. But then the, the last hospital was actually a little bit worse because I was so busy with the move, mm-hmm. it took my mind off a little bit. But the one, the last one I was sitting outside the hospital, I was not good, not mm-hmm. good. And um, 
again, I think, like, I just took 10 seconds and just went, just breathe, you know, like, and just kind of take that five minutes of coming back down to where I actually am. I've not been told anything yet. Mm-mm. Do you get what I mean? I've yeah. not been told anything, but my mind is already down that road of, oh, my God, you know. Meditating is really good because what, what you do there is you become an observer of your thoughts. Okay. So instead of actually being in your thoughts, it's almost like you take a step back or mm. part of you leaves your body yeah. and says, look, Lisa... Stop, stop yeah. responding in that way. Yeah. Think about being present. You can't change the outcome. Mm-hmm. What you can concentrate on is the fact that you saw it already. Yeah. You know, you saw it, you're aware of it, you know that something's changed mm-hmm. and you're getting it sorted out. Yeah. You're in control of the situation, but you can't control the results. Yeah. I think at the beginning I didn't feel in control. Mm. I, I totally didn't. But now I feel like I'm doing everything within my power. So I remember you saying that to me. Mm-hmm. What else can you possibly do that you're not doing already? Mm. And I said to you, there's nothing else I can do. And you said, then you, then you have to just sit with it and you're in control. You're in control of that certain amount. Mm. But you, I can't control everything. No. And I, I don't know, is that, is that where a lot of anxiety comes from? I mean, it's just lack of control of not knowing. Yeah, I mean, the first, the first thing you do is you just want to get control over it. And, and you have to just take a step back. Mm. And you have to go, right, well, I can't do anything about it in this moment. And like I said to you before, that... What can you actually do about it? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. No, no. There is nothing. And you can only do a certain amount. Mm. And I think from our point of view as patients, the only thing you can do is check your lymph nodes. You can Mm. only check your moles. You can go for your mole mapping. Mm -hmm. You can have your skin checks. There's nothing else that you can do. So Mm -hmm. I've learned now to not live too far ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, the what ifs have now stopped. Mm. Okay. So I'm now more like, I'm here, I'm present, I'm happy, I'm healthy I'm right now, and I'm grateful, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've found it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going through it. Yes, I choose, I don't, some days I have anger mm-hmm. when I'm like, why is this happening to me? I don't want it to happen to me. Um, and I think a lot of people will relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, ha- I think I have dealt with that a little bit, but I don't think that ever goes, mm-hmm. really. Is that resentment always going to be there, do you think? Well, not only are you going through what you're going through, you've also got your grief process on top mm-hmm. of that. You know, mm-hmm. losing your dad, it makes you angry. Yeah. And, and anger's a big driver yeah. for anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as that, you feel that blood boiling. It's almost like a feeder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Feeds it, and mm-hmm. it's like you can feel the heart going, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. it's run away and it's almost feeding that anxiety going oh this is good yeah. <laughs> and when you're in anxiety you are not in control of anything no it controls you yeah it's such a weird feeling to to be in it though like mm-hmm. i don't think um until obviously losing dad and going through that grief process i didn't really um i didn't know anything about it and, I, and then feelings i don't wish upon anyone but it, it is it's a very strange place to sit isn't it mm-hmm. um sitting with the grief and then obviously I'm dealing with the anxiety as well. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like... It's, and obviously with me as well, I feel like, oh, God, if if only I knew what I knew now, like back then, mm-hmm. I could have mm-hmm. saved him. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's that pleading, that bargaining that you yeah. do with, with the grief process. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah if, only, if only I knew, mm-hmm. knew then. But, you know, life, life goes on and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's obviously brilliant. So journaling and stuff, that mm-hmm. would be another... Anything else? Um, acceptance really just... if I'm honest yeah I think people try so hard to stop feeling anxious okay they, they try hard to just forget about it they just don't want to have it okay it's it's a natural process the brain goes through it's there to keep you safe mm-hmm. it's there to make sure that you keep checking your moles All right you know it's there to make sure that you're staying on top of that mm. and 
once you're in the anxiety process, once you're actually in it, you can't you can't get out of it. No. You have to run through that process. The only way of getting through it is actually burning up the adrenaline that's being caused from from the response in the body. Okay. So I know it sounds crazy. I always advise people if you're actually in anxiety and you can't see a way out of it, mm-hmm. go for a run. Yeah, do you know to, what exercise? Yeah, exercise is a massive yeah. player in being mm-hmm. able to reduce your anxiety. Yeah, your body, if you're constantly in, in anxiety, your body produces adrenaline, right? You know, and what do you need to do to burn up adrenaline? Go for a run, go for a run, or burn, burn it off yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I must admit, the gym did help me massively mm-hmm. after losing dad. Um, yeah, I, I would 100% agree mm-hmm. with that, yeah, isn't it? Sometimes it's really hard, though, isn't it, to get that motivation because also anxiety can cause demotivation as well. Absolutely, yeah. I don't like the word motivation. No, yeah. Um, I like momentum. Yeah. You know, no, nothing changes unless you change something. Yeah. You can sit on your sofa all day and go, I should go to the gym. I should have gone to the gym today. Mm. That's not going to help you tomorrow. No. The best thing you can do is wake up tomorrow and go, I don't feel like going to the gym today, but I'm going to go anyway. Yeah. I'm going to push myself anyway. Mm. Or I'm just going to go out for a walk. I cannot go a day without walking. Yeah. I have to walk for my own mental health. Yeah. You just know? to like clear the head. Yeah. yeah. I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and it drove me insane. Sitting around. Sitting around. Yeah. Oh, don't. See, I'm just stuck in the car all day. So I, I think I need to, I need to take that on board a little mm. bit more. I think moving forward, I know that exercise helps me, but sometimes I, it sounds bad because you can find the time. Mm-hmm. I just, I sometimes just don't feel like I have the time, mm-hmm. but I feel like we all, we can all find half an hour to go for a little walk yeah. and just like you say, clear, clear your head. Um, where where your anxiety is, it's also the part of the brain that tells you I don't do anything. Mm. I'd I'd rather sit on the sofa and eat a load of chocolate and crisps and have a takeaway yeah. and go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, because it wants you to stay safe. It wants you to stay at home, so it will tell you absolutely anything to keep you safe. Really? So yeah, it's, it's about recognizing that thought and going, no, that's not that's not rational. No, really, so I need to get up and out. move. Yeah. yeah, I need to move. Yeah, you're right, because whenever you feel like that, you, you do the complete opposite of what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I will do the same. I'll just mm-hmm. sit there, and I'll sit on my phone for hours and hours, and I'm like, in that time that I've scrolled through my phone and done probably nothing, all right, mm-hmm. some of it's work, but I could have been up and out and gone back out. And then when I had done it, oh, my God, afterwards, yeah, I feel, yeah, so yeah. much better. So that's, a, that's... And I need to take that on board a bit more, mm-hmm. I think. I think moving forward for me... I do the journaling a little bit. I do the meditation more. But moving forward for me would be definitely pushing more on the um, active side of life. Mm-hmm. So, like, even just taking the dog for a walk, I think, um, and going for a little walk on my own. Well, that, that releases your dopamine and your serotonin. Yeah. You know, if you, don't, if you don't exercise or you don't do something that you find rewarding, you're never going to feel that happiness. You're never no. going to feel that, you know, I've done something good. Yeah. So that means you're just going to stay in those negative thoughts. Yeah, and they're very easy to stay there, mm-hmm. aren't they? Very easy to stay there. So then moving forward um, from that, so obviously with me as well, not only did I suffer with the anxiety side of dealing with um, mainly being scared of it ever returning because, again, my only experience is my dad Mm -hmm. and um, it came back after three years. So, um, But then it was dealing with people's triggers and stuff like Mm. that and I feel like uh, that was really tough for me and like we've got it comes back to that control stuff mm-hmm. dealing with all the um, seeing people using sunbeds and that but I, I think like with the triggers and anxiety are they, are they very close together are they almost similar yeah so when you when you're triggered um, your brain go literally sends you straight back to that first time that you got 
triggered with anxiety. Okay. So when when did you first experience anxiety? Think? I think probably after losing dad, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, Never experienced it before? No, no. And I feel like I was fine before-ish. Like, I always used to think stuff, but like not really. Because dad was so traumatic. It was mm-hmm. so quick. Didn't have time to process it. Mm-hmm. I feel that like afterwards there was this uh, weight of, well, if that can happen, what else can happen mm-hmm. to me? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And that was where I just started to unravel the the dark thoughts and the, um, and dealing with losing dad and the, the grief. You know, you know, it's mm-hmm. like losing someone you love is is so hard because you just constantly want them to be there. And especially, I think after I was diagnosed, I was like, God, he's been through it. Like, why is he not here? Why can't I just talk to him? You know, like because he would understand. Yeah, he he's was the only he, person who would. He would you. literally. Well, the closest to me, everyone. My mum understands, Dean understands, but only to a certain level. He he had his lymph nodes checked. He had all the, the worry of the moles and that, you know, and even, obviously, he went through chemo and everything else because it went all over his body. But, mm. yeah, like I, I had to live with that. So that was when, for me, I think the anxiety really reared its ugly head mm. and I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. How old were you at the time? Um, so I lost dad at 34. So I I think it was about... I was, I was in a bubble after losing mm-hmm. dad, like, for a good year... Yeah. I'd say I was in this I'm fine I don't need counselling I'm fine like my mum would say to me Lisa you know talk it out you know it's it's happened very quickly no I'm fine I can do this I can do it you know and then I think about two years after I was like actually I, I need to start you know sorting this out because I'm not dealing with it very well at all mm. so and you then... felt like you had to control everything at mm-hmm. that point yeah. yeah but Interestingly, when you when you now experience anxiety, you're not experiencing it as you are today. Mm-hmm. Your your brain's been through a trauma, and as soon as you think about melanoma, you get sent straight back to that time yeah. in your head. Yeah. And the reason you have anxiety, or anybody has anxiety from that from that sort of experience, is because your brain almost thinks it's happening all over again. So every time that one of us take a mole off, mm-hmm. you're saying that our brains go straight back to it. Yeah. Good God. No wonder we feel like we're on that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's the trauma side of it. Is that what it is? Yeah, so it that, remem- it, that's where your memory is. So you just go straight back to stage, like, literally yeah. straight back to that mm-hmm. first step of, of hearing that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear, you know, you've, you've got um, cancer. So mm-hmm. that's, that's quite hard, isn't it? Cause then, but then each time you deal with it differently because you now have an understanding or an awareness of it or an experience of it you can then jump back into logical mode and go right we've been here before yeah we've survived it and, I actually brain, did and your that. brain goes oh yeah. yeah we survived it yeah you i know? actually did that on my mm-hmm. second one because i remember thinking no 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 i've done this mm-hmm. i can do this again don't get me wrong there was a few days where i was like whoo I don't like this ride. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get off. You know, but um, so you developed a way of controlling it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the, I think a lot of people will say this as well. When waiting for the results, mm-hmm. I think the first one, I just sat around and oh my god, I, when I look back now, I thought God, Lisa, you made that a hell of a lot worse than what mm-hmm. it needs to be. I mean, it was a six week wait on my first one, mm-hmm. which was horrendous. Know. You yeah, didn't know how to deal with it? No, but then the second one was only a week, but I kept busy. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 don't sit down, don't do this, get up, please, sir, mm-hmm. go to the gym, go for a walk, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we was through lockdown on, on the second one, so um, I was decorating, you know, keeping busy mm-hmm. with the kids. So, yeah, I learned quite quickly that the way I dealt with it was actually not to just sit around and wait for that phone call. Mm-hmm. And it's not ignoring it, it's not ignoring what's going on, but you realise that life goes on. Mm. And regardless of whether that news is good or bad, 
I still have to be a mum. I still have to be a wife. Yeah. I still have a business. Life takes over, doesn't it? Life takes on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, that that's hard as well. I think dealing with the the waiting for the results and then trying to be all them different people as well. Yeah. Um, but what did help me was just keep moving and just keep going with it and keeping busy. Don't get me wrong, it was on my mind <laughs> 24-7 and I waited, hated that wait for the, the dreaded no-caller ID. That was like, it's just never a nice feeling. But, you know, I'm so glad that the last one came back as nothing mm-hmm. because I feel like I can now move forward with a little bit more hope because having two in two years was like, oh, you know. And you can now say to your brain... Last time was okay. Yeah, yeah. And we've survived it so far, mm-hmm. so we can survive it again. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think no, no matter how many miles you have taken off through this journey, I think, like you just said there, you'll always go back to that first step of, the, you know, like trauma. But um, sometimes getting them little wins, just mm-hmm. them little tiny wins, can really just push you forward and, yeah. and, like, help you to actually think the positives out of it as well, yeah. that I am taking them off and I am in control of this a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. your energy level just soared straight up mm. at that point, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so happy getting that, that phone, like, well, yeah, the phone call, because I phoned her up. <laughs> I was like, just put me out of my misery. And she's like, no, I'll let you know that obviously you're getting a letter, so everything's fine, we're discharging you. Um, And I felt like a new woman. Yeah. I felt like a, a, a relief, like literally a weight had been lifting off my shoulders. Mm-hmm without really even knowing it and uh, you know like you feel like you deal with it but you know it's just mm. one of them things i think you know anybody that survived anything has has kind of like two identities in really yeah i think you like you say you fall back into that way of thinking and that's not who you are and when you have that all clear it's like oh i get to be me again yeah I honestly drop that yeah that, all that thought process again that's mm. exactly how i felt yeah i've never looked at it like that mm. so when you go down that road, you turn back into that person of like worry and, and everything else. But honestly, I felt like, like, like I could move on with my life. Mm. Um, cause it's, it's just like, you just like got this little carrot dangling in front of your face of like, can I, can I move on with my life or is like it going to put a, yeah, it? permission. permission to yeah. Mm. You know, like, and it's, it's really hard. So, but yeah, I think we've kind of touched on everything that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think moving forward for any anyone, I well, my experience would be to stay as present as possible. Mm. Um, I am definitely going to take you on board with the journaling. Yeah, definitely. I love um, do you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that actually. Moving forward, just finding that ten minutes every morning and just write it down. Mm-hmm. And then when you write it down, you just read it back to yourself and just. So you write it down. You go, is this logical or not? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would actually take it with you all day because really? those thoughts come up constantly. Yeah. When you live in anxiety, they're always there. Mm-hmm. So look at you know somebody says to you, oh, Liz, you you acted a bit differently there. Yeah like oh what triggered that or you know i've done something and it's not like me what's triggered that yeah or a thought then write it down even if you've just got a little notebook on in, in your bag yeah write it down and then think about it later because then i guess if you're looking at what triggers you mm-hmm. then that may be what you could deal with a little bit more yeah yeah how do i control that part you know what the triggers yeah i say to myself i can't control it yeah so you you just get better over time with that because you, you learn what your triggers are and then you you look at that trigger probably a little bit differently mm-hmm. each time. Yeah, what can I do next time that comes up? Yeah. And then you're able to recognise when it does come up, oh, this is a trigger for me. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's really hard, isn't it, though, like, just to find in the, the two and, like, not only are you dealing with, obviously, the journey of being diagnosed, but you have this whole other mental side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before to you, I, I can only speak from an early stage 
point of view I I've you know I've not got to any late stage so I don't even know what it feels like to get to that stage and I wouldn't even you know um go down that way because I, I don't know what it feels like so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass opinion on that but it's just from my point of view now I think moving forward is to stay as present as mm-hmm. possible um I think that's my key really mm-hmm. is to do that and anybody that has survived is about saying to yourself you know I am a survivor mm. I will survive this yeah it's almost a little bit like um, putting out into the world what you want, you know, manifestation. Oh, I love that. We yeah. love a bit of manifestation. Yeah. We love a bit of crystals. Yeah, we? yeah, yeah. And it, and it is manifesting that, that way of life or that way of thinking. I yeah. am a survivor. Yeah, yeah. And, and I am healthy and I am blessed mm-hmm. and I am here. Do you know what I mean? And then just staying like as present as possible again. Absolutely. So, well, thank you so much for coming on and talking. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, you I know I you're hope busy. Everybody else gets something from that. Yeah, and I think I think they will, and I think that a lot of my podcasts is just. I just want people to relate to it, you know, and I've had some really lovely messages from people and I, and I, and I will keep pushing forward with it and like, just keep going. Yeah. Cause I feel that, um, we're all in the same boat and mm-hmm. I feel that talking about it, um, for me helps me massively. Yeah. Um, it and could, the charity work that you do as well. Yeah. The money raising for the, for the, the machine. Yeah. yeah. Please God that that happens soon. I mean, it's been put on hold a little bit cause of COVID, but you know, I'll, I'll get there eventually. Um, so yeah, but, Again, thank you so much for coming on and I really appreciate it and no doubt you'll be seeing me in the future. If it's not in the gym, then it'll be in your office somewhere. (laughs) Right, I'm signing off, guys. Um, Take care and I shall um, speak to you all soon.